tremendous privilege this morning to be here to share the word of God and I thank each one of you for coming this morning though knowing, not knowing that I was here. Pastor asked me this week to share and I said I really have no idea what I should share and uh, he said the Lord would help me and uh, so first thing I heard this morning when I came in I, I was talking to my brother and he's the first thing he said to me, I've been praying for your brother and uh, he, he knows me well, I, I need prayer. So uh, I, I just thank you, folk, for listening this morning and the opportunity to preach the word. Uh, we've been enjoying uh, Timothy, uh, awesome word. And uh, one of the messages uh, he preached uh, two, two times back, he talked about the uh, shipwreck of faith. And that kind of stuck with me a little bit. And I wanted to just to pick up on that theme. And for those of you who have your Bibles uh, or your uh, electronic devices, uh, Matthew Sorry, uh, Acts chapter 28 is where I'd like to read this morning. Uh, Acts chapter 28. So there's the Gospels and then the book of Acts. Amen. Story about Paul. There had been a terrible storm and they had been shipwrecked. They had gone on a a three-hour cruise off of Crete from Fairhaven to Phoenix. and uh, But the wind blew in and it became a 14-day uh, gale and storm, and they were pushed across the entire, uh, we call it the Mediterranean, the Bible refers to it as the Adriatic Sea, and they came up to a little place called uh, Malta, and so that's where we're at here this morning. Uh, uh, it was, I would say, rainy and cold, and I think the key word there was rainy. Uh, uh, it wasn't a dry cold, so I guess it was bad. All right, so uh, Acts chapter 28. Verse 1. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was rainy and cold. How cold? Rainy and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat Uh, fastened itself onto his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer, for though he escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Uh, Justice there is capitalized in a lot of your, your, your books. That's the name of one of their gods, right? Uh, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and they said he was a god. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. The privilege to share your word, the honor is all yours. We thank you, God, for the people gathered here today. And we ask, Lord, that our hearts be open to receive your word and uh, be fertile ground for the, 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 the planting and the harvest of the Lord. We uh, ask you to uh, help me this morning, Lord, as I speak with uh, stammering lips, Lord, uh, to share your word, uh, to share the glory of the gospel in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Our scripture says, once safely on shore. 
what a tremendous feeling it must have been to have the dry ground beneath his feet for sure. I was thinking uh, of the uh, Remembrance Day service and I was reminded of uh, Uncle uh, Ernie. Uh, he told a story when he was in the uh, campaign in Europe, uh, in uh, Belgium and in, in uh, Italy. He shared a story uh, of one of his not good days. Uh, he, he'd r- risen up early and he'd been sent uh, to the front lines and he carried a, uh, uh, like that, what do they call the, the wireless 118 uh, uh, backpack? Anyway, you, you know how we talk about, uh, we joke about back in the day when you got the, 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 the phone, came with its own, it came with a free, uh, you know, uh, cor- a cord to hang on to? Well, this one was on the back. And it was uh, really advanced. It had up to five miles capacity. It could, uh, you know, that's how far it could, it, the range was. And so uh, he'd gotten this backpack on and gotten uh, just to go ahead to advanced camp and found out that uh, as he was going there, uh, he was a big target. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the radios were so big. And whenever the, the enemy saw that, of course, that was communication. And of course, they were trying to eliminate the radio. So as uh, he was, it, it, the case was he had to cross a, a river and going across, uh, the radio got shot several times and then the boat got blown up and he went over into the river and to the bottom. And when he hit the bottom of the river, uh, he unstrapped the radio and uh, swam up and, and went on shore and he went over to, the, to report to the captain and, you know, uh, Private White reporting for du- duty, sir. And uh, he said, what, why are you here? He said, well, I'm your radio operator. He said, I don't see a radio. And he said, well, you know, I, I, I lost it on the way here. He said, well, you're no good to me. Go back and get another one. So he was sent back because they were under a lot of fire and the, the machine guns were watching the river and they were under a lot of fire and he was sent back. And uh, so he said to him, he had to go back and get another radio. And uh, in the dark humor that come from that time, he said, yeah, but I made it home and he didn't. So that was his story. Now, um, I brought a picture of him uh, in, in 44, picture of a, a, a young man, barely 20 years of age, and safely home. Uh, this is Big Ernie. He was about five eight, five, nine, and there was little Ernie who was born in 44. They called him after his uncle because they didn't know if the uncle was coming back. There are a lot of guys they didn't know if they're coming back. They, under enemy fire, machine gun fire, literally blown up and thrown into the river uh, with, you know, uh, life and limb at, at, at peril all the time. And so I uh, honor my uncle, uh, uh, Alice's brother Ernie was named after him and uh, uh, I, I got to know him later in life after Ali and I got together and uh, we want to honor those, those men uh, for the truth is not all came back safe and sound and so we remember those fellows today and uh, offer them tribute safely on shore uh, now I had two names for this message I had one is uh, some dry sticks and the other one is shake it off and I couldn't decide which way to go with this and I realized not everybody here came with the same need so I, I'm just praying this morning that as I share the word that there will be a, a, a part of the message that meets your need this morning that you brought with you as you came 
in Jesus' name, amen. So, so they were on the shore, and uh, talking about a little bit of background here, it's about uh, the year 60 AD, and Paul's about 60 years old. And of course, I mentioned they had been driven in a winter storm where it was cold and rainy, and uh, about 14 days, and God had spoken to him. He shared the uh, prophetic word that nobody on board would be uh, hurt, and there's 276 people on this ship. I was thinking old time, like smaller little boats and stuff. This is a pretty good sized tug, right? And so uh, 276, and guess how many made it to shore? Exactly right, exactly right. Uh, God did honor his word. And what's so funny, there's some sailors that were trying to sneak off the boat into a lifeboat, you know, pretending they're letting down an anchor. And, and Paul talked to the captain and said, listen, don't let those guys go because they get off the ship. The salvation's on the ship. And so uh, they stayed on the ship, they cut the boat off and, and, and they made her in. So there's safety on the shore and Paul finds himself in a new land. And I want to talk to you about a new land, a new attack and a new power uh, out of this portion of scripture this morning. So this was Paul's first time in Malta. It's a small little island about 50 kilometers south of uh, Italy or, or south of Sicily. And um, he never had planned to be there, and they ended up there. Uh, he had, uh, of course, some experience with shipwrecks. This is Paul's third and final shipwreck. He had done this twice before. And so when he got to shore, and they were throwing in, and they come out like drowned rats, and some of them, you know, a piece of luggage, others swam ashore. Anyway, so this, this man, uh, he must have been physically fit, healthy. He wasn't one of the ones, you know, in the corner, you know, looking, you know, chicken noodle soup and stuff. He was out there, he was serving and minister and helping people. And it says he went over and he, he, was, he was carrying back sticks to the fire and because and, uh, we know it was cold and rainy. And, uh, and they built this fire and he's, as he, uh, he uh, was working around uh, in this new land, he used his, well, he, he used his experience and it was bringing him through. Now, I believe when we find ourselves in adversity, sometimes what we want to do is we want to go to the uh, you can minister to me now mode, right? Uh, I, I, not, not, not really even the victim mentality, but just, you know, I, I, I'm needy, help me. And, and, and we sometimes have an over, uh, you know, uh, exaggeration of, of our need. Now, Paul didn't have that. Now, I don't think Paul uh, minded at all helping other people that had a need. And that's not the point. If you have a need, you need to ask for help. Amen? Yes. But now, those of you who feel that God is calling you to ministry, you say, what am I supposed to do? Well, I say, find some dry sticks. It's not complicated. Just find some dry sticks. Do you know how to carry sticks? Right? Right? Now, I'm not skilled at a lot of things, amen, Rod? <laughs> but I can carry sticks. And Paul knew in this time of trouble and adversity that, uh, uh, that it, one thing that people needed was warmth and they needed a fire. And so he started to pick up some sticks. And that's what we need to do something, sometimes. It's not complicated. We just need to pick up sticks. And he said, the people on the island were unusually helpful. What was he referring back to? Oh, the other two times when the people on the island weren't, or the people on the land weren't, and they were on their own. But this time they were unusually helpful. And even then, he went about picking up sticks. 
in this new land. And sometimes you're going to find yourself in a new situation. You want to take out your old tricks, uh, old sticks, and and and, and uh, give yourself an account uh, as God has, because. Bible says we are created to what? Good works, right? Good works gonna get you to heaven? Say no. No, but are we, we created to good works, right? We're created unto doing good works. All right, so in the new land, but there was a new attack. And so, when talking about this, the, 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 uh, uh, the snake that bit him, I wanna talk about fault. It's not too smart being bit by a snake, right? He had no venom in his pocket. He had no way to get by this. And, and as he's working there, this snake comes out and, and, and actually bites onto him and hangs onto his hand. And uh, he takes this, this, the snake without too much concern and he just shakes it off into the fire. Now, I think he may have glanced at it to make sure it stayed in the fire, but I don't think he stayed there to watch it burn. I don't think it made him hungry. He just looked good and he went back on. Now sometimes the snake is gonna bite you in the hand. Sometimes the snake is gonna get in the way of the work that you're doing. You say, is it very important work, pastor? I don't know. But if God gave you a few dry sticks to pick up, pick them up and do the work. And the enemy will for sure launch an attack against you. Now, I don't think Paul was being careless. He didn't go looking for the snake. He, he didn't, you know, we talk about this, some, some people, they do, the, they do the thing with the snakes, I'm not sure what they do, but uh, uh, there are some extremes, uh, but Paul wasn't like that at all. And when this attack came, uh, he just kept doing what he had been doing. The this disaster could have followed, but he was active following God's direct, direction in his life. And he didn't get caught up wondering, oh my, why did that snake bite me? I can't believe it. And he just shook it off. And sometimes the best way to handle adversity is to shake it off. Now, I talked about my uncle, Ernie, who had a real tough day, not at the office, but on the, on the war front. He had a really bad day. You know, getting shot up, blown up, almost drowned, and then told to do it again. Because you're useless to me. Now we sometimes have a bad day at the office too. And sometimes what we just need to do is shake it off. You know, in the Bible when they had the offering, they had a burnt offering. And they put it in the fire. Burnt offering to God. And sometimes we just need to shake it off and put it into the fire. And then leave it there. Don't go poking around. Don't get a stick and go back and check. Well, maybe that skin I can no leave it leave it and, and move on so there was a new attack Paul knew what to do he shook it off and moved on the second attack was the this was the, there was the viper bite and then there was the gossip bite now the local people knew the score right away when they saw that snake they identified it there's oh okay that is a poison snake and they're oh man they identified the snake as a killer and him as a murderer. Now, us, you know, people of you know, reason and, and, and following, you know, we've seen all, all the court cases on, on tri- television, all the trials, we know to follow the evidence, right? Uh, or do, do we sometimes jump to conclusions too? They jumped to a big conclusion here. 
They knew right away that this guy was a murderer. Though the sea didn't take his life, uh, the God of justice was going to deal with him. And so they assassinated his character. They attacked him, uh, didn't know him, and even though he was doing the good work in God's will, they attacked him. Now, brothers and sisters, sometimes we are attacked too. And it is not by the facts that we are condemned. It is by the gossip. And you can say, well, they all agreed that it was true. Everybody was saying the same thing. Did that make it true? Was Paul a murderer? Just because everybody's saying it doesn't mean it's true. And this new attack, they just put it on Paul. And they were calling him down. And so poor Paul, you know, he's just working away. You know, sweat coming off him. You know, so, you know, he probably had to get a towel to, to wipe his bald head, and he's working away, working away, and, 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 and they're just talking about him, talking about him. And, and he was the one that was bit by the snake. Talk about sympathy, right? You say, you want to find sympathy? Look in the, look in the dictionary, right? It's like, uh, you're not finding it here. There was no sympathy at all these guys. There was a new attack. Sometimes we are attacked when we're in God's will, doing what God has called us to do. And I'm not sure how aware Paul was of this, but it was written down by, by Luke, so I'm sure that it was, at some point, it, it, it was, you know, I think when people were looking at him and talking and pointing, I think he probably caught the message, right? In the, the gossip, he didn't get caught up in the, the gossip game. Now, the thing is, when something like that is happening to you, uh, you have a couple of choices. One is you can nurse it. You know what nursing means, right? In that tent, you know, you, you take and you know, you make sure it's comfortable, and, and you you feed it, and you and you keep it safe and warm, and and, and you can let it grow, right? And you can nurse that into a a, a grudge and anger. And what would have happened if he'd have nursed that uh, that attack on him? Would he have had, would if he had had any effect? Would he would if he been able to continue doing his work? No, he'd been distracted. It'd have been worse than a snake bite off his hand, shook it off. So. You can nurse it, or you can disperse it. It's not true. Paul knew he wasn't a murderer. He knew this snake wasn't sent from some uh, pretend false god. He knew he was innocent. You can disperse it. You can nurse it, or you can disperse it. Something else you can do, too, is you can allow God to reverse it. And that's what I think that's where Paul came down. He didn't hang on to it. He could have dispersed it. I think he probably dismissed it a bit, but he reversed it. Do you know that all things work together for you who are loved, who love God and are called according to his purpose? Uh, no, I didn't just make that up. That's what the Bible says. For all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I believe Paul believed that, and you know why I think he believed it? He wrote it. He lived it. He knew it. If the gossip bite happens to you, I am going to encourage you, shake it off. Toss it into the fire, just as an offering to God, just leave it, and don't nurse it, maybe disperse it, but let God reverse it into his glory and honor. Shake it off. 
Now there's a, there's a third bite going on here. You say, oh, Ian, come on. You're dragging this on here. Well, bear with me. I believe the third bite was the most vicious of all, the most pernicious, the most difficult to deal with, the one that was the craftiest and the, I think the one that maybe for some people has caused problems. It was the glory bite. I remember when I'd first come into the church, uh, a preacher talking, he said, you know, uh, you gotta touch not the glory. You gotta touch not the gold, you gotta touch not the girls. Touch not the glory. You know, it's all for God's glory. The good things that happen around us and through us, I uh, remember uh, there's a, a, a pastor sharing about a church uh, when they, they, it was, it was the, the Rock Church, a uh, church in, in, in our way back in the woods, uh, Nova Scotia. And he said, you know, we went through a time of revival. It didn't matter what we did. People came in. We would bring in a speaker. People would get saved. Uh, we wouldn't bring in a speaker. People would get saved. We'd hold a week of prayer. People would get saved. We wouldn't hold prayer. People would get saved. And he said, the church just kept growing and growing and growing. And uh, he said, you know, but there was a time when the season of revival ended. And he said, didn't seem to matter what we did. Things just didn't happen like they used to before. And that taught him not to touch the glory. When God does wonderful things, we want to give God the glory. Because in that season. So the glory bite. Don't get caught up in the glory, seeking glory or taking credit. Just shake it off. Shake it off. You know the, the fellow who had given the award for humility lost it? Do you know how he lost it? He put it up on his fireplace. He became proud of his humility, I guess. Shake it off. Shake it off. You are awesome. You've done some awesome things. Maybe put that in your trophy case somewhere, but shake off the glory. Who does the glory belong to? We give all the glory to Jesus. Amen? Amen? The, the glory bite. So that was the new attack. And through all that, through that shaking off, and don't even watch it, leave it in the fire. There was, uh, there was the new land, there was the new attack, and then there was the new power. And we know that Paul's strength was renewed. Young men would have a hard time with 14 days without eat, eating or, or, or sleeping in a storm. The people on board had a hard time. And being uh, vomited onto the sea and thrown up onto the land and uh, as an old man, uh, he was out ministering and just doing what he could do. And we know that his physical strength was renewed. And also his spiritual strength, and we're gonna talk about that just in a second, was renewed. The new power. See, God allowed Paul to take all this adversity into stride. We know that adversity comes. We know that hard times come. Things that are untoward, things that we wouldn't plan for, the things that we don't want to see happen, things that we just don't like. Uh, you know, uh, we give thanks uh, in everything. Sometimes we're not thankful for the thing itself, but we give thanks because we know that all things work together for good. We know that sometimes the enemy means it for bad, but God changes it for good. And so he had new power. Uh, he was um, like uh, Jesus at the well of Samaria. Remember the disciples had gone away and they came back and they said, what's wrong? He, he looks like he's full of life and did somebody come and feed him while we were gone? And then Jesus said, I have 
meat and I have drink that you don't know about. And he shared it with them. But that's what Paul had. Paul had that power given to him by the Holy Spirit. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is the power of God in our lives. Now, some of us here this morning may be a little bit faint. You say, brother, well, that's not, that doesn't quite describe me. I would like to be there, maybe, but I'm not there. I believe that new power is available to us in our physical bodies. I believe God wants to give us the strength as our days. God wants to uh, fill us with the energy that we need to do what God has called us to do, to pick up dry sticks, just some dry sticks, or shake it off. I'm not sure who, who, who that is for this morning, but it is to remember that our meat and drink is to do the will of God. Uh, that's what Jesus had said in, in Samaria. And uh, he gives us the power we need. He says, there's no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will in the temptation also provide for you a way to escape. That Jesus is walking through this room today by his Holy Spirit to give us the power we need to face the trouble and the adversity that we walk through. Not every day is a good day. Not every week is a great week. Sometimes we have difficult weeks. Things happen to us. But Paul learned to shake it off. Paul was remarkable among these people. And he kept working and serving. I believe he was transparent with these people, but he was also operating on the word of God. You know the Bible says in Genesis 5.15, seems to me it should be 3.15, I'll have to look that up again. I will put enmity between you and woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The enemy being ruled over by the child of God. In Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. In the physical, some people live with a lot of fear. And some of it's justified, but some of it is just a phobia. But God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. That's the spirit that Paul operated in. And the, and the Bible in Romans 16 and 20 says, but the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And when I thought about that, I thought back to the guys, and I, I, I refer to the, 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 the Second War, uh, the Great War. I, uh, I was born only... Uh, a decade and a half, scarcely later, uh, from when that ended. It's had a big impact on my life. And I thought this morning in that presentation, did you pick it up? The men of peace. The men of peace crushed the enemy under their foot. And I think that's part of the reason why I, I as a Christian, can, can rise up my, with pride at our military tradition in Canada. Because people of peace who are willing to make that sacrifice to crush the enemy, to crush the enemy. 
But at any rate, the Bible says, and I'm not sure you know, how you feel about that, but the Bible does say this, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Now, you say, I haven't got that confidence. You're not sure how the story's going to end. I want to tell you a little secret. I peeked. I went to the back of the book, and I read how the story's going to end. And I tell you, it ends with Jesus reigning and ruling, and us with him for eternity. Sometimes in the heat of the battle, in the day, we're, in the day we actually toil in, it may not seem like we win. But I want to tell you, I looked in the back of the book, and we win. And I think that's something that God just wants to let you know today. I'm going to ask for the song that we started off with. Uh, I had uh, such, when I came in I, and it came up, I, uh, I just had to, to smile, thinking how wonderful for this to kick off the service, this song that was being sung by, by the pastor here. I am holding on to you, I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on, I am. And it's funny, the name of the song is I Am, and it's I Am Holding On To I Am, the great I Am. If you're holding on to anything else, you need to let go and just hang, hang on to Jesus. And after Paul had gotten through this trial, he was recognized, and uh, we talked about how changeable the people were. They thought he was a God. He said, no, I'm not a God, but I'll tell you about God. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, It's a symbol of shame. But the dear Lamb of God, he was nailed to that cross for you. One more reference to the war. You know, a lot of those guys that went, even the ones that came back, they didn't know you. But the Lamb, the man on the cross, when he hung on the cross, he knew you. He knew you. He knew you. He was nailed to the cross for you. He was nailed to the cross for me. Willingly knew the sacrifice, but he gave his life for you because he knew you. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I'm holding on to you, I'm holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on to you, I am. This morning, I'm just going to ask us just to bow our heads for a minute, and I want to give opportunity for you to respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. I talked about picking up some dry sticks. Your heart is to serve God, and you want to serve Him more, and you're not sure what you need to do next. You're in a new land, maybe a new attack. You've got, you've got the power, but what am I supposed to do? I believe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you this morning, right now, and he's talking to you about some dry sticks. You say, but Ian, that's not nothing. That's not anything. Don't despise the day of small things. Holy Spirit, just speak to us now. Just speak to us now. Speak to us now. Dry sticks, some dry sticks. Now I want to speak to somebody else here this morning. My brother and my sister, and I believe there's some of men and women, that you've suffered the bite of the serpent. 
and you weren't, like Paul, able to shake it off into the fire. You've had the bite of gossip, and you haven't been able to shake it off. I appreciate every eye closed here, nobody looking around. If I'm talking to you this morning, I want you just to open your heart to God right now and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. Help me in my time of need. Help me with this new attack. Reach out and allow God to touch you. And there's maybe one more group of people I want to talk to here this morning. And we're going to pray in just a minute for everybody. You're not sure about this new power. You know about Jesus. And you know he died for you. But you haven't said, okay, Lord, I accept your sacrifice. The gift, the present of life, he's offered. And this morning you need to accept it. A simple message this morning, true story, you need to receive him. This morning I'm gonna ask you just to say yes to Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Let's stand together.